It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I had an epiphany strike me as I was watching the NFC Championship game yesterday, and the question that hit my mind was, does the BYU football program have a Brock Purdy waiting to be discovered on their roster? We'll talk about it on Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, and we are brought to you today by our friends over at FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook is wanting to help you guys out, have some fun in the sports betting space, make every moment more with our friends at FanDuel. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets with your first bet of $5 if it wins. $5 or more, and if it wins, you get $200. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And as I mentioned in the open, I was watching the NFC Championship game, and before uh, some of you hop into my comments and say, why are you wearing a red shirt, uh, Jake, on a BYU podcast? I am wearing a San Francisco 49ers shirt that I have owned for years. I am an ardent, uh, diehard, a uh, dyed-in-the-wool San Francisco 49ers fan, and I am having the time of my life watching this team uh, seemingly come uh, close to disaster game after game uh, in these playoffs, apparently, but finding a way to win in these football games, but uh, it's fun to obviously have a BYU representation in Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You will have Andy Reid and Matt Bushman representing on Kansas City side of things. Uh, Bushman obviously on the practice squad, so not likely to see the field, but Andy Reid is the head coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they'll be going up against Fred Warner, considered to be by many uh, the best or one of the best linebackers in the league. He's the heart and soul of the San Francisco defense. Awesome to see those two uh, gentlemen in particular, Andy Reid and Fred Warner to be matching wits on the in the Super Bowl, and it'll be a rematch from 2020. But as I was watching this game, and as I mentioned, I'm a 49ers fan, and I've watched Brock Purdy coming out of seemingly nowhere. Let me remind people, for those of you who may not know, Brock Purdy was a star at Iowa State, a very, very good college quarterback. Uh, there's the whole uh, term that uh, it's Purdy like a Brock star. My good friends over at the Solid Verbal, Dan and Ty, a podcast I've listened to for years covering college football, they coined that term way back when he was at Iowa State. Then he ends up uh, getting taken with the very last pick of the NFL draft, and nobody really thought anything of it. It was like, okay, he's just a, he's a draft pick. Maybe he can glom onto the roster, be a practice squad quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And then, uh, a, let's just put it this way, a fortuitous chain of events happened. Uh, what happened is Trey Lance ended up uh, breaking his ankle in the, was the second game of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo then took over as San Francisco's starting quarterback after they had a little bit of a quarterback battle between Lance and and Garoppolo in training camp, and Purdy never really factored into that race to any large degree. And then uh, by that point, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo takes over the job, and then I think it was uh, six or seven, maybe eight weeks later, he ends up injuring his foot and is out uh, for a significant period of time. Well, in enters uh, Brock 
Purdy as as the San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback. And all he's done since then is just win at an incredible rate. Now, what it is about Brock Purdy that sets him apart from a lot of other quarterbacks is the fact that he's very good at anticipation. He's very calm under pressure. Uh, he's unflappable. If you uh, hear some of the comments from guys like Kyle Shanahan, his head coach, it's just something that he deals with very nicely. But he does not have the look, the skills, the uh, the preternatural ability that you look at other quarterbacks in the NFL and say, wow, that guy's incredible. Brock Purdy stands uh, just over a six feet tall. Uh, he's got relatively small hands, short arms, doesn't have a howitzer for a right arm, but what he does is he, like I said, is very good at anticipating uh, where guys are going to be opening and throwing it to spots and throwing guys open. So it brings me to my point as I was watching this game play out and the San Francisco 49ers looked uh, left for dead at halftime, come rumbling back with 27 unanswered points and end up advancing to Super Bowl 58 with a 34-31 victory over the Detroit Lions. And Brock Purdy played a huge role in the second half of that game. Like I mentioned, that kid is absolutely unflappable. And the thought that kept entering my mind as I was considering what I was going to talk about on today's podcast was does BYU have that guy on their roster? And what I mean by that is do they have a Brock Purdy that is just waiting to be discovered? I don't know if they do have that because, honestly, nobody probably knows the answer to that. I'm not even sure BYU's coaches, Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake, Matt Mitchell, the guys who are kind of the brain trust running BYU's offense, I, I'm not sure that they have the answer to that. But could that guy be residing on BYU's roster, in particular in that quarterback room right now? I believe he could be. But the, the, the situation is you never quite know what you've got until you guys until you give guys an opportunity to do that. There is going to be a very, very intense quarterback battle in spring camp this year. I'm expecting to spill over into the summer and on into training camp this fall as BYU tries to find the right guy to be their quarterback going into the 2024 football season. I'll be frank. I would put my money right now on it being Jake Retzloff, all things considered. I just I think that he has got the, the inside track, as it were, the inside edge uh, to taking that QB1 job. But the, the question I have is with so many guys on the roster, and I'm just saying Jake Jake Retzlaff, you got Gary Bohannon in that mix, you got Nick Phillips, you've got Cade Fennigan, you got Ryder Burton, <laughs> I keep going down this list. Uh, Noah Lugo is an incoming freshman. Uh, who else am I missing? Micah Fea, who's a walk on from Orem High School. I know I'm forgetting somebody else in the mix. Oh, uh, Cole Hagan. It's an incredible list of just names on that quarterback depth chart. And any one of those guys could be that quote-unquote diamond in the rough who ends up busting out and really becoming a star for BYU given the opportunity. How will that opportunity manifest itself? That is to be determined. Like I said, the, the Brock Purdy situation, he had to see two uh, quarterbacks that San Francisco really thought were light years ahead of this kid to go down due to injury, and then they were forced to turn to him. And what he's done is to kind of just take the job, take the reins, and he's not relinquished control whatsoever. I don't know that you can uh, have a similar type circumstance play out for BYU, but if there is a, a guy on this roster, BYU better be able to discover that guy and hope that they have made the right decision at the same time by turning over an offense to an unknown in that circumstance. 
It was of necessity for the San Francisco 49ers, but I would imagine that BYU football has some favorites. I think that it's a two-horse uh, race in uh, BYU's coaches' minds. I don't know this for certain, but you don't bring Gary Bohannon in with the thought that he is going to not battle for that starting job. You don't have Jake Retzloff start the, start the final four games of last year. Once again, out of necessity, I, I don't expect him to factor into the race. Does a Cade Fennigan, does a Ryder Burton, does Noah Lugo, do they uh, rise up during spring camp? And I'm just using those three as an example. It could be any one of the other quarterback names that I've mentioned before. Could any one of those guys end up becoming that franchise-type quarterback for the BYU football program? It would be awesome if it was, but the situation uh, that is as it is right now is that I'm not sure you have the... The, the the requisite number of reps the the I don't know I I don't know how you would discover that right now for BYU frankly and that that's the kind of the thought I had in my head is like is that guy on BYU's roster could it be Ryder Burton for example let me just let me elaborate a little bit more on Ryder Burton Ryder Burton is not considered the most be the most fleet-footed guy in the entire world he's got a really really nice arm from what I have seen with my own eyes at BYU uh, during the limited uh, practices that we and the limited amount of practice we get to watch he has shown some very nice flashes in front of the media now those are practice reps and not game reps but this is a guy who I I don't think he's the prototypical guy for BYU, but neither is a guy like Brock Purdy, like I said, for San Francisco. Brock Purdy is not known for his speed. He's not known for his arm. He is not Tom Brady with six foot five with a howitzer for a right arm. Uh, most quarterbacks in the NFL would uh, just like look light years ahead of what Brock Purdy is. But what Brock Purdy knows how to do is he knows how to control the controllables within his control as a quarterback. That came with the experience he garnered. I think he had 48 career starts at Iowa State before entering the NFL. He's now piled up, I think it was like a 20, it's now 21-5 and record as the starting quarterback for the 49ers, and he's got them 60 minutes away from a Super Bowl title, the first one in 30 years. Trust me, I'm going to root on this kid as hard as I've rooted on any quarterback uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. That includes Joe Montana, Steve Young, uh, Jeff Garcia, Jimmy Garoppolo, Colin Kaepernick, on down that list. I'll be rooting for this kid to lead the San Francisco 49ers to glory, but can BYU discover that type of guy on, on the roster? And that's what I brings me back to a guy... Could Ryder Burton uh, be the guy? Because he kind of looks and operates as a quarterback that's more in the mold of what a Keaton Slovis is versus what Jake Retzloff and uh, Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson have been for this BYU offense. BYU's offense operates best, so far as we know, with a quarterback who is a dual threat. But could Ryder Burton be the guy that, uh, like I said, bucks that trend, similar to what uh, Brock Purdy has done for the San Francisco 49ers, and be what they need? The other thing that San Francisco has that I believe BYU has around these quarterbacks is I think they got a very nice support system. Now, San Francisco's got very elite talent, uh, a top tier running back, a top-tier tight end, very good wide receivers, and a, a solid, albeit not a spectacular, offensive line. I think there's a lot of those elements there for BYU. I believe that LJ Martin, when he's healthy, is a top-tier running back. He is looks the part, and before he got injured as a freshman last year, he very much looked like a future star for BYU at running back. BYU is their top five pass catchers, and actually might even be six, uh, coming back this year. So you've got elite wide receiving talent, or a top-tier wide receiving talent, around whoever ends up as the quarterback for BYU. The tight end position, there are a number of bodies there. Yes, you don't have the guy like Isaac Rex, but you're hoping that maybe somebody like a 
Jackson Bowers or uh, potentially incoming freshman Reiner Swanson rises to the forefront? Does Mata Avataase take the next step for BYU? You never know, but you have weapons there at tight end at minimum just because of the number of guys in that room. And then, like I mentioned, the San Francisco 49ers offensive line, it's not elite, but it is good enough. And I think BYU's offensive line, especially with a new coach, and if you heard Connor Pay last week on the podcast, he's got a big belief that BYU's going to be able to bounce back under the direction of TJ Woods. I think the BYU's offensive line is going to be good enough uh, to uh, protect whoever ends up as quarterback there. So if they do find that, like I said, that proverbial Brock Purdy, that diamond in the rough, he's got the weapons around him to succeed, and that should help BYU in the Big 12. But once again, I kind of come back to the thought process. What would help BYU kind of discover that person? That is the question that still remains in my mind. I'll have to ponder that a little bit further, but it was just a thought I had, and I wanted to express it to you guys. What do you guys think? Am I up in the night with that comparison? Do you think that there is somebody on the roster you think is that Brock Purdy type of quarterback that can uh, be the guy that emerges seemingly out of nowhere and leads BYU to glory? Let me know. I'd love to hear your comments on that, whether it's via social media or comments on these podcast feeds or whatever uh, means that you want to reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you guys, and obviously we'll continue to uh, talk plenty of BYU football in the days and weeks ahead as we kind of grind our way uh, through the offseason and look ahead uh, to BYU uh, in their second season in the Big 12 this fall. All right, coming up here in just a minute, I want to uh, spend a couple of minutes talking about BYU basketball. They've got a little bit of a a break this week, their first in-season buy. Actually, they might be the only one, if I'm not mistaken. But they got to take advantage of this time, and I'll explain exactly why they need to do that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. With bringing home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive, my friends. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Uh, Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered, my friends. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that victory keep your ride or die alive uh, keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com my friends that's all uh, from your friends ebay motors eligible items only some exclusions may apply and ebay guarantee fit is available only to U.S. customers. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. Learn and earn. The UCCU mobile banking app is paying your entire family to learn about money, my friends. The best part is we all want to be smarter when it comes to our finances, and that's where Learn and Earn enters the picture. They have broken down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia, and every time a family member or yourself completes a topic, you earn points and accrue and be redeemed for gift cards to places like Apple, Amazon, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more retailers. The best part is there's age-appropriate content for every member of the family. You can compete against one another head-to-head and also track your progress on leaderboards. And more importantly, learn and earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app so you can play it anytime, anywhere. And of course, the more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. It's Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun, have fun while becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of your friends at UCCU. Love where you bank. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of your guys' patronage and your support of the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast in another vein, uh, please consider signing up for our subtext community. And what it is, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a text-based service. You guys can literally get text messages from myself and respond with text messages uh, to me directly. Uh, Get inside intel on BYU football, up-to-the-minute updates. Uh, I've I've got to uh, be uh, more on top of this, it feels like, with updates on this. But I've had a really... Really, really fun time. We've got about 60 uh, subscribers right now on subtext. And uh, like I said, it, it's really as simple as sending a text. And it's a fantastic service. 14-day free trial. And also, uh, it's $4.99, $5 a month a mo- uh, afterwards. And it's another way uh, to both uh, communicate with the podcast and also support us at the same time. All right, so BYU basketball, a big win over Texas on Saturday. Uh, The horns down, t-shirt controversy aside, uh, it was a big win for BYU. Gets them back into the win column, stabilizes things a little bit, and now they can finally take a little bit of a breath. BYU is approaching the midway point of their conference season. That'll actually uh, hit next week, and we'll uh, probably talk about it more appropriately when they reach that nine-game mark, which is the halfway point of Big 12 play. But this is BYU's only midweek buy as far as I can remember. Now, uh, the biggest thing for, with with this for BYU is these midweek buys are not to be taken lightly for BYU. You're coming off a win over Texas, and there's probably some thought in uh, BYU basketball, the players and coaches' minds, well, we just came off a big win. We want to keep playing here. But you still have an opportunity to make this buy count. And what I mean by that is, is BYU needs to make sure that they get themselves right. And what I mean r- by right is get guys as healthy as possible. Uh, Mark Pope talked about about it last week. His three main big men on this roster this year for BYU, as he pointed it out, he's got one guy in a Tiki Aliatiki who's still dealing with the, the effects of a, a broken thumb. He's got a guy in Ali Khalifa who has got a knee injury that's not going to get to 100% this season. He's wearing a knee brace on, and he's getting better and better as the season goes along, as it uh, seems to be uh, rehabbing and all that type of stuff. And then his other big man, Fuseni Traore, has been dealing with a very tricky hamstring injury. Now, Foose, to his credit, looked like he was back to 100% against Texas. And if that is truly uh, Foose getting back to full strength, BYU is getting a major weapon back into their lineup because his ability to impact games is unparalleled by anybody else on this roster. He's got an ability to play both offense and defensively just very different for BYU. He came, uh, when teams want to switch one through five, Fuseni Traore is the right big to have on the floor in that circumstance. Ali Khalifa and Atiki Aliatiki can't do what he does. Uh, so the thing BYU needs to handle this week is A, keeping guys healthy or getting them as close to full health as possible, while at the same time not losing their edge. You're making a cross-country trip, the longest trip of your conference season as you make the trip to Morgantown this Saturday. It'll be a 4 o'clock Mountain Time tip that'll be 6 o'clock on the East Coast for BYU and obviously it's going to be a very important game because West Virginia is near the bottom of the Big 12 standings. Honestly, if you were looking at the power rankings, I'm sure most uh, people who have power rankings out probably have West Virginia at the bottom this week because they lost to Oklahoma State who previously was um, hadn't, they were not, they were uh, they were not unbeaten, they were winless in Big 12 play and they beat West Virginia this past week. So it is a big week for BYU uh, to get themselves right physically. And then also, like I said, don't lose that edge as you make the cross-country trip to West Virginia. We all know any of you who have played basketball at any level, and I'm, I'm talking if you've played junior jazz, you've played uh, church ball, you played at the high school level, you played at college, any of you who have played in a league and on a team know that basketball is very much a sport of rhythm. And you get into the rhythm of things, and BYU has been playing pretty consistently this Tuesday-Saturday format in Big 12 play. Well, having this extra 
extra time off, essentially a whole week off this week, it can throw you out of your rhythm. And that's going to be important for Mark Pope and his staff to keep BYU players engaged. And I'm sure they'll probably uh, put some intra-squad scrimmage type stuff into practices this week. They may lighten up the practices early on in the week. Our expected media availability, as it has been traditionally, will be Thursday. They may push it a day earlier this week because of the cross-country travel. Maybe on Wednesday we'll get a chance to talk to coaches and players. But uh, it's going to be important, like I said, for BYU to carry that momentum from Texas and hold on to it throughout this entire week. It's very easy to carry momentum for two days, and maybe even in BYU circumstance, a lot of time with these Saturday games rolling into Tuesday, it's really one day because BYU doesn't do any organized team activities on Sundays, and you really got the one day, and then you're right back into, into game mode. This is going to be an interesting week for BYU. Can they hold that momentum together? Because after you play West Virginia, you play number 11 Oklahoma, then you're uh, playing Kansas State, you play UCF, and you play Oklahoma State. So there is a six-game stretch here. Uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, uh, oh, actually a five-game stretch, in which there is one ranked opponent, one, I would consider to be a very tough team because you're taking on Kansas State and they're not to be overlooked. But then you have uh, three other teams in these five games that look very beatable relatively because the Big 12, anybody, any of you have watched the Big 12 week by week, this is, uh, this is a cannibalistic uh, type conference but if BYU can handle their business against West Virginia, beat UCF at home in the rematch, I'm sure UCF is going to want to come to Provo and get some revenge for BYU's win on the road down there in Orlando and then you also have to make the trip to Oklahoma State on Saturday, February 17th if BYU can handle their business maybe pick off uh, that Kansas State win and we'll see what happens with Oklahoma you can find yourself sitting really, really uh, nice in the conference. This is the time for BYU to take advantage of this schedule. But it begins this week, like I said. You can't afford uh, for uh, guys to kind of have that mental lull as they get ready for this game against West Virginia. And knowing what I know of Mark Pope, he's going to do his absolute darndest to make sure his guys are ready to roll. But I am interested to see how they handle this week. And it's going to be important that they handle it the right way because, like I said, you got to carry that momentum from Texas on into West Virginia and uh, hopefully put yourself on a little bit of a roll here because BYU beat West Virginia back to 500. As I mentioned, those five games upcoming, uh, none of them look imminently um, uh, beatable, but also none of them look uh, like you're dead in the water losing that game. Maybe the game against Oklahoma on the road seems probably the toughest of the bunch. Okay, but if you go in 4-1 and one in those games suddenly you're uh, probably sitting near the top of the Big 12 standings, and then you enter potentially the back half. of You'd be past the halfway point, but you get what I'm talking about. You kind of enter the back half of that Big 12 slate with a lot of momentum and a lot of people talking about essentially what seed you're playing for at that point versus uh, you're wondering, okay, are the, are the wheels going to fall off here? It's a very, very interesting time, and I am looking forward to seeing how BYU handles it and if they can uh, be that mature team that you would expect them to be and handle their business moving forward here, and we'll continue to break it down as they roll on all week long. Uh, it should be interesting, like I said, to track how they handle it this week and looking forward to getting our opportunity to talk to the players and coaches once again, get some of the thoughts as they look back at Texas and obviously look ahead to that game against West Virginia. All right, we will wrap up today's edition of the podcast uh, with a look at the other teams in action this weekend. The BYU women's basketball team came oh so close to a major upset of Kansas State. We'll talk about that. And an insane streak at the Smith Fieldhouse was snapped this weekend at the hands of the the pesky anteaters. We'll talk about all that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars.
Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all of you who celebrate from our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, sportsbook, my friends. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets and having some fun uh, in the betting sphere. All of us love Super Bowl Sunday, at least everybody that I know around me, because I work in sports media. It's an incredible day. Over 100 million of you are just like me and will be celebrating that. Uh, the food's always immaculate. I go to my in-laws and we have a big shindig there, and it's all Always a good time. I am a big fan of finger foods. I'm a big fan of wings. Uh, get me some, uh, get me some, just those like knickknack. I don't know finger foods, and I'm as happy as a lark because I get to sit down and watch the game. The commercials, eh, okay, I get what you're talking about. They used to be better back in the day, but the best part is uh, the Super Bowl. You can bet on anything when it comes to the Super Bowl, whether it's the length of the the over under of the length of the national anthem. Uh, you want a player prop on how many times they take a shot of Taylor Swift up in a suite uh, down there in Las Vegas at Legion Stadium. It's all available. You guys can have some fun with it with our friends at FanDuel. It has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and many, many more options, as I mentioned. New customers right now join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Think about that. $200 in bonus bets if your bet of just $5 or more wins, my friends. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on on today to get started. Make every moment more with our friends at FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you once again for hanging Locked On Cougars, your first listen of the day. We want to remind you guys that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. If you want to catch up on all the news of the day, check out Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel right now. All right, uh, BYU women's basketball. They had a big opportunity on the road on Saturday. Uh, Kansas State is number four in the country. They have been absolutely incredible, and BYU had an opportunity late in this game to pull off the W. Now, Kansas State escaped with a 67-65 victory, but I was watching the end of this game. I've seen some tweets about BYU women's basketball being in the mix, and I'll be honest, I did not expect BYU to even be in the mix because, like I said, when BYU basketball, the women's team, uh, has been gone up, going up against some of the teams that they have played so far this season, and the number four team, it's like, okay, are they really going to be able to hang tough? But BYU, to their credit, did, and BYU ends up shooting 46.6% from the field. And like I said, had they been able to pull off a win like this and upend Kansas State, how much of a momentum boost would that have been for Amber Whiting's team? Alas, they'll have to be able to think about, okay, we were that close. We're going to have to be able to go out and uh, do that again and again and again for the BYU women's basketball team. This is a very young team, a relatively, that Amber Whiting has. She obviously has some veterans, uh, most notably Lauren Gustin, who is just a rebounding machine out there. I think she had another 20-20 in this game. 
But it, it, it's important that BYU continues to kind of grow uh, by leaps and bounds this season to get this young roster seasoned and obviously maybe being uh, using this year as a year where, okay, yeah, you're going to learn and take your lumps for BYU women's basketball, but that means that next year is going to be that much better because these young players start to become the leaders of this team and you start to kind of build some momentum that way. It would have been awesome to see them break through against Kansas State. And like I said, they had a chance in the final dying seconds of that one. Uh, yeah, Lauren Gusson, 25 points and 21 rebounds. Incredible. The first 2020 game against at the AP Top 25 team by any player in the NCAA this season. She's absolutely incredible. And uh, she is leading, a, like I said, a very young uh, group of uh, athletes around her. But it's all about building towards uh, building some momentum for the future. And we'll see what happens. It, it, we'll see if BYU can uh, truly build that momentum. But it'll be interesting to see if they can do that. Now, uh, BYU men's volleyball, eighth-ranked Cougars had an incredible 18-game uh, home win streak, which was a record for the BYU men's basketball team and extended back uh, into past seasons. Uh, but BYU saw that streak come to an end against UC Irvine on Friday night, losing 3-1, 25-22, 25-27, 18-25, and 20-25 were the, was the final. Uh, as the Anteaters, once again, I just... Uh, kind of sneak up and nip one from BYU. Here's the thing about UC Irvine. They have stolen national championships right out from under BYU in, in the past, not too, not too, the not-too-distant past, and yet again, they proved to be the, the thorn in the side of BYU volleyball as Saturday night, BYU trying to bounce back uh, after losing Friday night and seeing that 18-game win streak go by the wayside. Oh, by the way, UC Irvine ends up winning in five sets once again and sweeps the weekend away from BYU. That's very, very tough stuff for Coach Olmstead and his squad, and BYU uh, hung tough, but uh, it was a very, very tough stretch of games as well for BYU. They played six matches in eight days, uh, four of them at home, two of them on the road, but you would have liked to see BYU obviously get a win over UC Irvine, and we'll see what the end of the season holds uh, for these two teams, but it's one of those things you look at and say, okay, what could have been? But once again, like I said, UC Irvine, I, I don't I don't proclaim to be an, uh, uh, an expert on BYU volleyball. I kind of cede that crown to guys like Darnell Dixon and Jerem Jordan and uh, Sean Walker and the like. But it just seems like every time something big comes up for BYU in the recent past, UC Irvine seems to be in the mix for BYU. Them and Ohio State, those are kind of the two uh, that have really kind of stung BYU recently. But BYU will be back in action. After a bye week, uh, they'll be taking on uh, Long Island at the Smith Fieldhouse. This is an, a big run for BYU. They play like a month straight at home at the Smith Fieldhouse, but uh, they'll enjoy a bye week this week. And then the final note I got for you guys is looking ahead. Uh, today, the BYU men's golf program, they begin their 2023-2024 spring campaign at the Arizona NIT, which is hosted by the University of Arizona at Omni Tucson National Golf Club that starts this morning, uh, Monday morning. And BYU men's golf has got a lot of talent on it. Simon Kwan, the reigning... Uh, a Utah uh, State amateur champion. Uh, he is transferred in from Cal, and he's expected to join a very, very strong field, or I, guess, I should say roster, for BYU men's golf this spring. And we'll see what they can do. Uh, they've got the all the potential to be an incredible team if they can put it all together in this spring season. Uh, but BYU is ranked number 52 in the NCAA Division I standings right now and looking to make a big leap uh, this spring as they try to make it back to nationals and obviously go through the regional tournaments. But it's a two-day 54 whole tournament kick things off once again down in Tucson and uh, we'll keep you updated on how things go as BYU stacks up against the other 17 programs in action down there at the Arizona NIT. All right, there you go. That's it. Uh, I just left a graphic up on the podcast for like 
20 minutes. Congrats, FanDuel. You got some extra uh, pub on the podcast. But uh, nonetheless, a big thank you for all of your guys' support of the podcast, as always. Hope you all are doing well out there on this Monday once again. And thank you, as always, for your support of the podcast. It doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, uh, the thousands of you who download, listen, watch, rate, review, do all the things you do to support this podcast. So as I always say, thank you for making it your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers. And until tomorrow, my friends, this has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.